It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Everybody make some room. It's a crowded house today with all <laughs> five of us. John, Zach, Dean, Joe, Mikey. We're here giving you week nine plays here on the Winning Ticket Podcast. We're having fun as minus 1,000. Again, guys, we want to ask you to continue following us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And please, please ask us for your free month on the Slack channel. The plays there have been winning like you wouldn't believe. You oh, get yeah. your first month free. Uh, and then afterwards, you're just, I mean, you're in the money the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. We were 2-1 and one last week in the NFL um, on my, my big post. And then also I threw in another prop of T. Higgins over, which is something that I'm going to be highlighting this week, that the Titans are very bad at covering the X receiver, which is whoever lines up, uh, I believe, on the left side of the quarterback. I, I don't really know. Joe's yep. a personnel guy, pretty much. Of course, mm-hmm. I, I am with Joe and Mikey. But, yeah, so I had a T. Higgins prop that you can't find anywhere else, pretty much. Um, you know, we beat the line a little bit. Also, if you are a Slack member, you beat the line tonight. This is Thursday night. The Niners have COVID and nobody's playing. And in the channel is a lowly Green Bay minus three. So everyone rushing to take your Green Bay minus seven and a half, just know that we beat the shit out of that line. So you know uh, they would have COVID too. That's pretty astute observation. Absolutely. Right I yeah. went over there and Bravo, I Bravo, guys, really. Uh, Bravo. Please on everyone. And it's one of those things that it's going to be interesting to see in uh, just a short amount of time. But yeah, of course, you're, you're going to want to reach out for that free month. Also, I started the NCAA basketball. Uh, research this week. I put an official play on a Big Ten conference winner. That'll be my tease. Join this channel to know what it is because it's a hefty plus 335, and I really think it should be like plus 160. Oh, I can't wait, man. Listen, if you're listening just to this podcast, well, thank you, of course, but you're really not getting all the content. Join our Slack channel as soon as you can. You know, stop, pause it right now. Listen, we'll be here. <laughs> we'll be here. Guys, you know, now that it's week nine, we're over the halfway point of the season. What did you learn from last week? Yeah, so um, before we go into that really quick, I just want to oh, update sure. the uh, the nice little big bank. And, of course, oh, cool. we have okay. we have the Hoffman brothers combining for plays this week because uh, Joe uh, is not. Joe, Joe sucks. Let's just put, <laughs> let's just put it bluntly. No, uh, on the big guns, the guy who's currently undefeated in yeah. the big bank. Yeah, and that's correct. So we have, we have some bonus audio from Chris. <laughs> We have some bonus audio from Chris a little bit later, and um, he is one zero and one. Mikey is two and zero. Joe is four and thirteen. So he, <laughs> so he is reaching out. Sorry, I didn't want to be mean there. I am treading water at eleven, twelve and one. I am up uh, 0.99 units, so about twenty bucks. So if you okay. listen to everything I said on the Big Bank, I want to make that that clear. If you listen to me only on the Big Bank, you are up twenty dollars, and went through a lot of heartache. If you listen to John, you are up $34. That's 1.72 units. And if you listen to Zach, you are walking around big dick on campus, up a <laughs> whopping 6.12 units. That's $122. So honestly, when you're listening, maybe pick your favorites and just kind of tell them. And I must say, you might want to tell me on the dog pound because I am actually 6-2 and two in Moneyline Underdogs. That's right. That's our segment. It's at the end of the podcast. Maybe some people don't listen all the way there, but you are definitely hurting yourself if you don't listen. And I have a really good one this week, too. So six and two there up nine point six two units as a podcast. We're up about three units in the dog pound. So you're going to want to listen to those money line sprinkles. Amen, brother. And here I am 
going to the halfway point with a big lead, and I intend to keep it that way. I'm trying to end this thing before we get to even week 17. That is my goal. Oh. Coming for you, man. But Zach's looking to retain the belt. No, no, uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. And John, I want to bring up from last year around um, Thanksgiving, we started doing double units. So maybe that'll be a, an incentive. If yeah. Zach has a little bit too much, uh, might go double units and just do it all on one play. So uh, Zach, we're coming. We're coming for you, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And for the sake of us all, I hope we all win. <laughs> there Amen. you go. So, so in that vein, um, here, I'll start off with maybe a couple of bad beats and clean sweeps talking about what we learned from last week. Uh, aside from the Packers, just losing. I took three division games last week, so that was bold. Went two and one. The Packers didn't get off the bus. The Vikings clearly their game plan to run against the Packers worked. Ah, chef's kiss. It was everything that any team playing the Packers should do going forward. Um, the wins that I had: Seahawks minus two and a half. That to me that was a no doubter. Um, and this was before the Niners were even more depleted than they are now. Uh, and I think the Seahawks are a team to just keep riding. Yes, their defense is not that strong. They give up a lot of points. But, my God, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, dare I say, might be the most lethal duo in the league. Mm -hmm. And that's also including Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think they are they might be better than them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and, this, and then the Steelers, I think, again, um, if, if you were to look, I, I said last week the Ravens, if they were getting four points, um, I would take them. They would have pushed in that case. So just the Steelers getting points and then outright winning, Again, a no-brainer bet, and we're hoping to bring some more no-brainer bets uh, coming soon in the big Absolutely. And, and, John, what an amazing pun by you saying uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, chef's kiss, because, <laughs> you, you know, get it, cook and, and chef. <laughs> so that, that's a really good one. And that's something that I want to bring up. Um, you definitely want to – if you listen to the podcast, great. Thank you for being here. But you definitely want to follow us on Twitter and uh, on the Slack channel, which is what we care about the most, in case you haven't been able to tell that. But um, this is one that I kept to myself. I actually put Vikings money line when I found out the weather. Uh, it's one of those things. If the Vikings are guaranteed to get into a rushing contest with anyone in the league, I, I think that they win uh, against 28 of the 32 teams uh, in that regard. I think that Dalvin Cook and getting Pat Elfline back, uh, offensive guard, was – sneaky huge for them and it's one of those things that of course i had the green bay packers in my big bank as well but um hearing that weather i would have never placed that ever so if you ever have any questions just uh tweet at us and ask if we still like it yeah that's uh, i mean I, just to add on the packers broke my tees uh that kind of stunk i did not see that shellacking coming mm -hmm. uh but the rams man Ugh. <laughs> you know what the thing that killed me about that game is that the score looked a lot worse than it actually was. Uh, my Tua handicap was pretty damn good because he didn't do much. He had under 100 yards passing. Um, it's just that Jarrett Goff, dude, holy shit, what are you doing? Miami's got a good defense, but they're not four turnovers good. I mean, Dolphins scored in literally every way possible. Punt return, interception return, offensive touchdown. I mean, it was just oh, – the game was over before it began. And uh, you could really put the entire blame on Jared Goff for that loss because Miami literally scored one offensive touchdown, which is really not a way to win the game. Um, yeah, I, my wins, I can jump in there. Uh, I don't ahead. think we can hold that against Tua. I mean, the fact that the Dolphins kind of got lucky and had that punt return. Um, I don't know if – I mean, the reason why Tua threw for 100 yards or whatever is because they really didn't need to because Goff kept turning the ball over and they didn't really have much uh, field position to work with at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, and I'm sure everyone saw from the Instagram post that John and I put together, 
we didn't really upgrade or downgrade Tua much, maybe one or two spots. I know I kept him the same, but John, I think you kept him right around the bottom just because we still don't know anything. That's actually one of the first things I said to Dean today Mm pre-show is that we still don't know what to expect. I mean, I I know stat-wise he didn't do very well, but uh, I I can't hold that against him, honestly. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I think we're going to be talking Tua and uh, the Dolphins in in a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then my two wins, just real quick. Uh, the Bears had to sweat that one out. Game they should have won. Uh, the Saints, as I predicted they would, couldn't stop them when they needed to, right? They let them drive down the field, kick mm-hmm. their game-tying field goal. They lose in overtime. They have a lethargic offense. No surprise there. And then the other game was the Eagles, which actually kind of had me frustrated a little bit. And uh, <laughs> admittedly so, I actually fell asleep in the third quarter because yeah. it was such a boring game. And then I woke up to the uh, defensive score and I was like, all right, we're good. Love seeing that uh, forced safety on purpose. Uh, ben DiNucci, the, uh, the walking, talking meme for the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> probably not starting this week. Oh, no, uh, thank not God. Yeah. But uh, that, that, uh, that, that game, especially getting that eight and a half real early, was pretty much a, uh, pretty much a gift. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Zach, there was a, a moment at the end of that game where the Eagles drove all the way down. Uh, excuse me. The Cowboys drove all the way down. Uh, oh, my the, God. Yeah. And the announcers, <laughs> the announcers were like, wow, this is like this is cute that they're doing this. So if, they, if the Eagles, they were like, if the Cowboys score a touchdown, who cares? And it's like, I can't wait for everyone to just embrace gambling. Like, just they, did. Like, hey. they mentioned it. Yeah, Al Michaels, uh, Al Michaels definitely Al Michaels said they were eight, they were zero and eight at the spread so far, and he literally counted it too soon, and they were driving down. Yeah, uh, and then they mentioned it, and then they had mentioned too that um he was like some people might care about this drop. Yeah, it was me because I took it live, and I also had a Cowboys team total under, which is, uh, may be a little bit of a theme. I may be showing my hand a little bit, but before I show my hand, I want to see Zach's meaty, girthy, fat lock. Let's hear it, Zach. Right. Where's the money falling this week? All right, guys. Unfortunately, I, after last week, I dropped to six and two. But this week, we are coming back with a vengeance, baby. This is going to be the three point, three point, three team, six point <laughs> teaser this week. Three and this is what we team. got for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I got Texans minus a half uh, at Jacksonville. Jacksonville literally right now is just trying to see what they have in a quarterback besides Minshew. Minshew's a little banged up. Uh, their team right now, who are looking to tank for Trevor. Don't see them coming out there and playing, you know, especially hard. Uh, I talked about it last week. Anytime you're getting a first-time starter at quarterback, uh, I love the opposition. So as long as the Texans and Deshaun Watson doesn't turn into uh, Jared Goff and just hand the ball over to the other team, I think the Texans win this game outright, not a problem. Uh, My second is Giants. I have Giants plus eight and a half at Washington. I will have more on that game later. The Giants have done nothing but improve defensively. Uh, their question mark is obviously their quarterback. Regardless, in spite of Daniel Jones, the Giants have played their last five games to a one-score contest. And I expect the same at a lowly Washington team. The last, this one pains me because I, me and John are big Saints haters. I'm taking the Saints plus <laughs> ten and a half, yeah, baby. only Whoa. because only be- the key, the key, t- uh, the key number there to get that ten and a half. Uh, to me, stuck out too big. I think it's going to be a touchdown game. I personally love the Bucks, and I think they will win by at least a touchdown. But because it's a division game, because there's so much at stake, uh, I would be thoroughly surprised if um, Tampa won by more than a touchdown. And uh, excuse me, yeah, if Tampa were to beat the Saints by anything more than 10 points, would be 
ridiculous, and they could win by ten, and uh, I could be happy and win my bet, and the Saints will lose, and my division bet will look great still. Absolutely, uh, and of course, so, we, we have that filet mignon uh, waiting in the balance. Yes. Also, Dean Dean also brought to my attention our our uh, our first episode with our futures. I believe I have a juicy Tampa Bay plus seven fifty to win the NFC, which as time evolves is looking pretty freaking good. That's absolutely correct. And uh, of course, maybe it's something that we're going to tweet out um, some of our futures. If, you know, it's funny, uh, I, I want to counter like zero days since we mentioned the NFC uh, conference preview episode. Uh, this is episode, what, 98 or 99? I don't know. Mikey's. This is episode 100. No, it's not. Is episode it? No, it's definitely not. Uh, I think it's I like it 99, maybe. But I'll check that. But I did some producer work today. And while I was working, I listened to our NFC and AFC division uh, conference previews. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to track down what we all, all said. My NFC divisional preview, I am probably going to go 5-0, and including saying that the Seahawks to make the Super Bowl at plus 1,000 was an amazing value. So if you have that, uh, tweet at us or cash out because you're probably going to get 50 bucks. <laughs> Zach also had the Bucks to make the Super Bowl on behalf of the NFC at plus 750, which was actually amazing. And then on the AFC one, maybe you just want to clear that one. I said that the Broncos are a great team. I said Drew Locke for MVP. Um, please, please stop. Stop me whenever. I said Justin Herbert's horrible. That was one that I said too. So, um, it's all right. All in the past. All in the past. That's it. Yes. Absolutely. But th that's the thing. Yeah. You know, sharps adjust and move forward. And with that, let us move forward. Big Bank Picks. All right, it's, guys. We're all right, gents. Time. Yeah, <laughs> we're all so excited for it. <laughs> all right, guys. Who, who wants to – you know what? I'm going to give – Joe, I want to give you the benefit for the doubt. Start Please. us off, man. Joe, and come Robert, back. Good all, start right. Both you guys. all right. In no particular order here, um, because I like all these relatively the same. I got three likes this week, a couple of leans. Uh, last week I had two likes and like four or five leans. I will go with, as my first play – Bears, Titans, under. The total is looking like 47 and a half right now. Uh, for me, this is a classic matchup play. Nothing really situational here. We have a subpar Bears offense going up against a subpar defense in the Titans. Now, typically, something's got to break, right? I really feel that the Titans D is going to show up because of a major coaching advantage. And uh, let's not forget that uh, the, uh, the Bears offense, when it's led by Foles, has just been – completely nothing. I mean, look at their previous games. They struggled to get more than two or three touchdowns and uh, they're going to need that to uh, get all the way up to 47 and a half. Uh, Mikey, do you back this play or do you not back this play? I do. I do. Okay. That's play. good news. All I'll right. Give this one the okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. and then on the other side of the ball, uh, the Titans, they have a quick strike ability, but whenever I take an under, I really like to have one or both of the teams that are run heavy. And as we know, the Titans are going to run probably 25 to 30 times in this game. Um, and that just bodes well for the under because the clock is going to continue to run. So when I combine uh, both of those uh, matchup advantages slash disadvantages, uh, that leads me to believe under 47 and a half is a good play. And this isn't like the first four weeks of the season where overs are automatic. So I feel like I have a real shot here. And I feel like after this game, I'll be at least five and 13 instead of four and 13. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's why Joe brought in his tag team partner, uh, Mikey. I don't Thank know if you, we Mikey. mentioned that on the pod yet, but Mikey is here to co-sign the picks and also steer him correctly because uh, Mikey is two and zero, and Joe is not. Yeah. So um, fun, fun thing that I did want to mention though, is that uh, the Titans have really struggled, struggled against the X receiver in packages. And for the Titans, that is, or excuse me, for the bears, that's usually a toss-up. It's uh, Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller or whoever they have. It'll probably be Mooney. 
and mm-hmm. that that really doesn't scare me too much. Right. You know, like, but there is some prop opportunity. There that's something that you without a doubt. You guys are going to want to follow in the Slack channel or on Twitter. I, I might give this one out as a freebie. But yeah, I'm going to be looking to take some Bears wide receiver props over on receiving yards. I don't really like to take over on catches for props, mainly because I feel like some of them are random unless you are unless your name and number is actually called in the game plan, which I think on the Bears offense is only Allen Robinson and uh, David Montgomery. But I might take a Darnell Mooney over receiving yards. It's probably going to be really low. Uh, so I'm just going to ballpark buy price around like 38 to 40, somewhere in there. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely clarify that on Sunday when the player props get, gets released. Uh, and that's one thing that I've been making a lot of money on this year, on player props. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. He could catch one ball and get that too. Exactly, yeah. He could burn someone. In. <laughs> He's it, a type really, of receiver. Uh, I believe the Titans just traded for a cornerback, um, Desmond King maybe? Yeah. Or? King? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stink, by the way. I was going to say, yeah, he's uh, uh, the jury's out on whether or not he's good. I, I guess Mike Rabel thinks he's good. But, yeah, the Titans have really struggled with the other wide receiver uh, all year. I, I mean, I brought up examples like Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, um, Stefan Diggs was was in that position. So something that the Titans have to address, uh, losers are too straight. But, Joe, I really like to play. Cool. All right. Yeah. I think I'm going at least one or no here. <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence. I'm going to take this one over. But before I begin my big bank, I just want to shout out to all the fucking haters. That's right. I'm going on this oh. rant right now. <laughs> going on this rant right now. Because listen, motherfuckers. YouTube channel. I got more text this fucking week about the Rams and the graphic than ever in my life. You losers. If you listen to the actual fucking podcast. And I defended you assholes who look at the graphic last week. In our deep chat. In the yeah. winning ticket group chat, I said, hey, guys, we need to start posting this a little earlier. There's a lot of people look at the graphic. Then you motherfuckers have the nerve to blow up my phone. Oh, Zach, the ramp suck. What the fuck? Were you, what, what handicap did you provide? Oh, what, what were you looking yeah. at? Motherfucker, if you listen to the fucking podcast, I was two and one, and you win money again. So right. all I have to say is if you made it this far, because I've told you all to listen to the fucking podcast this week, you guys can all suck my fucking dick. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something, too, that that I piled on. I piled on last week saying that, um, you know, I really as me as you know, we're we're all kind of co-producers. We're all admins in the Slack channel. So, like, we got our hands in a lot of pots. Like, I'm I'm out here writing fucking novels in the Slack channel (laughs) about, like, why I like a certain play. And then John texts me randomly while while I'm I'm on the can. Hey, what's your play? And I just fucking pick one off the top of my head. Like, I don't really care about the graphic, but this week we actually got some slack on Instagram as well. Yeah, Someone, absolutely. Uh, and I, There's whoever, so much more. whoever uh, you know, commented that, I hope you're listening because we might have turned someone. But yeah, I went hard and then John is also logged in. So he went hard on him. So we absolutely <laughs> obliterated someone yes. uh, on Instagram. And, so if you're listening, and, uh, special fuck yeah. you to you as well. Hey, Zach. Yes, uh, and, I, and I have... I have but, but we don't, what are you going to say? What do those haters go on their podcast this week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't want to, I don't want to berate our, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to berate our listeners anymore. Right. We do yeah. appreciate you listening. Yes. Thank those you. Who do listen every week. Review. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, read, review, and subscribe. No. Yes, um, okay. with, with that being said, I apologize if you have children in the car while listening to this. Uh, I'm oh, normally no. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm normally not this angry, uh, but all right, let me, let me get into it here. My first play of the week, I'm going with the sucker bet. I'm going with Seahawks minus three at Buffalo. Uh, once again, I looked at this spread a couple times, kind of kept on drifting back to it because in my mind it should be a lot higher. 
which makes me always think like, eh, if it's minus three, they're probably asking to take Seattle. But uh, the recent performance of the Buffalo Bills defense in particular just has me all over Seattle. Uh, last week, uh, realistically, in my eyes, the Bills lost that game. If it wasn't for Cam Newton fumbling at the 14-yard line with a minute and 30 seconds left, the game would be over. Uh, they did still keep it within a three-point game. Uh, I mean, worst comes to worst, that game goes into overtime, but I have a feeling that would have punched it into the end zone. That's three weeks in a row the Buffalo Bills have played not just subpar defense, but bad defense specifically against the rush. Um, yeah, I mean, Bills rush D is right now averaging 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Mm-hmm. That's almost five yards a carry. Yeah. You don't think that you're going to see a heavy dose of Chris Carson – Carlos Hyde, if he's healthy, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, any running back from Seattle is going to be able to run on that defense. Oh, and if you're worried about them developing the run, too bad you have 1A and 1B at Metcalf and Lockett. We're going to burn you downfield. So in my opinion, I would also look at alternate spreads. I think this is going to be a bloodbath in Buffalo. I truly believe that this is a surefire lock. I don't care if it's the sucker bat. I don't care if the (coughs) book is challenging you to take Seattle. I don't see this game being a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, fun fact, with the Bills giving up that yards per carry, they also played the Jets twice, who is probably the worst offense that we've seen in a long time, yep. uh, sans the Luke Falk era. But yeah, they played the Jets twice and they still go up that ma- that amount of yards. So that's something, too, I've been saying all along that a lot of people, it's one of those things that we say to each other as as Sharps in our little circle in our hidey holes we go uh, update your your metrics i mean like it, whenever someone's completely wrong but i feel like the bills have the benefit of the doubt of yeah you know the bills have a good defense it's just a matter of josh allen okay fine they do not have a good defense they've been scratching yeah. healthy defenders all year so far they are and, yeah and just another thing i would like to add because it does make a difference if this was 2021 20, let's say and there are fans in the in the stadium, I'd lean the Bills because the Bills have such a home field advantage. With no fans in attendance, to me, it's it's home field now. It, to me, it means absolutely nothing. And we've talked about this before. But yeah. Buffalo is a tough place to play, uh, but with with no fans there, this is just going to be is going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, no, uh, a lot a lot to think about. Uh, John, I, I want to hear your your sultry voice. G- give me a play. Where's the money falling this week? You got my sultry voice, baby. I think I want to hit you guys with what I think is my best play this week. I'm going to start off best. Um, and this is a team total. Um, I mentioned this on an Instagram post that uh, last week, um, I'd have to run the rest of the weeks, but last week, teams against the spread, favorites against the spread were 4-10. and 10. And to me, that seems to me like like probably the the worst it's been all year. So I'm a little bit more skeptical of the lines this week. Um, I know things in the NFL tend to get kind of crazy when teams are in desperation mode. So this is a team total, and I'm staying here in the AFC uh, East, where we just talked about the Bills. I'm looking at Monday Night Football, Pats and Jets. Ooh. Now this, I'm taking the under on this game, okay? And this, this is, at first glance, you're probably thinking to yourself, uh, uh, first of all, what is the under? 42 and a half, I should have said that. Uh, and you're probably thinking to yourself, geez, John, that's pretty low. You know, why, why not give yourself a couple extra points and take an over when the average has gone up in this NFL season? My question to you guys and to everyone listening is this. Where the fuck did 42 and a half come from? 
The Jets have the league worst offense at 11.8 points per game. And the Patriots have the fourth worst offense in points per game at 19.4. I'm not great at math, but that only equals 30 points. So if you're looking for a bloodbath from the Patriots, you're not going to get that offensively. Maybe a defensive touchdown and interception, you know, they win the turnover battle here and there. But to ask for 42 points from these scrap heaps when the Patriots, I, I looked last week at the Bills uh, game and they barely, right? They Did they even get to 50 points? That was a low scoring game by the end of it too. Yeah, it was, it was under 50. 50 mm-hmm. Right? Some, something like that. So I, the Jets, listen, the Jets haven't woken up since since Joe Namath mortgaged his soul to the devil. <laughs> so like, I, I, there's no way – let, let's just say to get to 42, let's let's talk about this pot- potential blowout, right? You're asking the Patriots to probably score something like 28, 32 points. And then you're asking the Jets, who Bill Belichick has routinely coached well against, and now Belichick has the advantage of them being a bad team. You're asking them to score maybe two touchdowns, 14 points, just to get to that number. I don't see the Patriots scoring that much. I certainly don't see the Jets scoring that much. I think that uh, the, the rivalry between these two is definitely a factor. I, I don't think it'll necessarily be a decisive Patriots win, which is why I'm not taking the spread, because I think that if the Patriots really can't solve their problems, they might just be able to get out with a win mm-hmm. on, this, on the, uh, the box score while not necessarily playing well. So I'm taking the total. And, and just for good measure, uh, I believe this is my last, my last bit here, the AFC East game totals – so far in 2020, so I looked at the scores of every AFC East inter-rival game, um, and you had these, these totals. 32, 44, 59, that's the anomaly, 24, wow. 28, and 45. What's your average? 38. Wow. So that's just around, that's still under this total, and I, I licked my chops when I saw this number. I get it's a low number. But, man, you look at the math behind here and you trust these teams to do what they've been doing this entire season. This is my uh, – what am I going to put on this? This is going to be my two-unit lock of the week. Wow, two Ooh. units on John. I believe this wow. is the first time that uh, John has gone double on something. But, yeah, you made, you made great points. Uh, also something I want to bring up, as someone who's lived in both areas of the stadium, <laughs> I know the game's in, in MetLife, correct? Uh, I believe so. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it so, is. So in both areas, in MetLife Stadium specifically, there's very swirling winds, and it is in November. So um, who knows what the weather is going to be? It could be yep. very mild, or it could be very windy and cold and blistery. And as well as sure. Foxborough, um, this is around the time that you don't go outside because it hurts your head, uh, mm-hmm. face rather, <laughs> head, face. No matter what you got hanging out, it hurts. It hurts. It yeah. <laughs> so. Here's one that I think will maybe invite Joe to to speak up. He'll oh. come out of his his burrow and kind of <laughs> Joe Burrow. That's what you're doing, dude. That's hey. you, man. You're, that's that's you. But the pun that I was making was that you're in a hidey hole. But anyway, um, here's one that I got, and this is my biggest play of the week. This is one and a half units, and it's the Dallas Cowboys team total under thirteen and a half. Um, it's really how, how do you want me to carve this up? It is literally my number one in my power rankings in the Steelers versus the number 32 in my power rankings. Um, I don't remember ever seeing that since I've made the model. So it's one of those things that I I also added a component that would project team totals. I have Dallas uh, team total at 13.8, somewhere around there. But a lot of that has to do with when Dak Prescott was playing. 
And that is kind of consistent with what I make this game. Um, I like the Steelers minus 13 and a half as well, minus 14, whatever you make it. My model makes it minus 18. Um, but the reason why I'm going the total play instead of the spread, um, offensively, the Cowboys are the fifth, fifth worst on offensive efficiency in DVOA. It includes the fifth worst rushing attack and the seventh worst passing attack in DVOA. And all of that is that high. <laughs> but you, know, you know why it's that high? And this is why I'm saying that we're getting actually a discount on the Cowboys um, team total being so low is a lot of those metrics have Dak Prescott playing in it. It doesn't adjust based on week by week. I bet you if you adjusted it now with Danucci and Dalton, that would probably be dead last in everything. And I think the, t- the team total should be somewhere around nine and a half. I would honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys got shut out in this game. They have no offensive line. They have no offensive firepower. They have the skill positions, but they have no one to give them the ball. They're starting Garrett Gilbert this week, formerly of the Orlando Apollos in the AAF. He wasn't even good enough to get in the XFL. So I'm just going to let that sit for a minute. Okay, now that you've recovered from that, uh, the the Cowboys (laughs) don't have a starting caliber quarterback on their offense. And, oh, that might be a problem because the Steelers have the number one DVOA defense. They're first in passing and second in rushing, which, oh, by the way, the Cowboys' best player is a running back. So I really think that this is going to get ugly. I don't know if the Steelers are going to go for margin, but I definitely know that the Cowboys are not going to move the ball at all. So I'm going Dallas Cowboys team total under 13 and a half for one and a half units. So, a, lot of, a lot of unders coming out of this podcast this week. It's, it's like when you, when you watch the teams, you watch these shootouts because everyone wants shootouts. And even if you look at, I'd say, like the Chiefs and Jets last week, that game probably hit an over because because the Chiefs probably scored more than they had to. Like, I just think that when the weather gets colder, teams really start to lock up. I think it's less of a shootout um, if you don't have the right personnel for it. I did want to ask you real quick, Dean, um, because that that's an interesting total. That almost I was looking at this game and um, thirteen and a half is interesting. It all. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, thirteen and a half. Yep. It's the same as the spread on the game. So in a way, would you would you advocate taking this spread, and would you advocate even doing a correlational uh, bet here, if possible? Huh. So so I, I don't want to bury the lead. I, I believe Joe has a, a correlated oh. bet as well. But um, no, the one thing is I like the team total more so because okay. if you really think, all right, the Steelers are going to cover the thirteen and a half, right? So that means they're going to win by two touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, yeah, it could happen anyway. They could win 27 to 10. They could win 24 to 10. They could win 14 nothing if they wanted to. I just yep. think that this is such a bad mismatch. Um, even we saw last week on Monday Night Football, we mentioned off the top that uh, it looked like Kellen Moore drew up designs to kind of do misdirection and stuff like that. And by my eye, the Eagles have a horrible defense. I believe they're the 28th ranked team in my power rankings. And the Eagles were able to sniff it out. And now they're playing the number one defense, national TV at 4 o'clock in Jerry's World. <laughs> And you know what's crazy about that? I think from a motivational edge, a lot of these players don't get a lot of TV time. TJ Watt, yeah, he gets mentioned on Red Zone, but at the same time, it's not like the Steelers are on every single week at 4 o'clock. He wants to make a name for himself. He's going to show out. I think it's one of those things, and of course, that's not a handicap to just name a player, but it's one of those (laughs) things I think that the Steelers' defense knows that the cameras are on them. I think they're going to put up a clinic. I wouldn't be surprised, John. Honestly, off the top of my head, if I could give you an exact score, which, um, you know, of course. Let's do it. You probably bet on. I'm going to go Steelers uh, 27 to three, just because Greg Zerline is very good at kicking. They could get to midfield <laughs> and he could hit a 69 yarder. 
So, yeah, I, I don't. I really awesome. don't see the Cowboys moving the ball at all. They literally okay. don't have a quarterback, which is the most important position in all of American sports. Who's it? Right? It's Cooper Rush. Technically, as of today, it, it, it's no. more likely going to be Garrett Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert. Oh, That's yeah, Rush was a giant, thing. wasn't he last year? He was on the Orlando Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he might have been a giant at some point. But either way, all right, Joe, what do you got for us? Number two. <laughs> yeah, so let me explain why I kind of liked this game from a correlation standpoint. So when the total of the game is 42 and the spread is 14, uh, a lot of books won't let you parlay same game uh, spread and totals here. So ah, if, okay. if the spread, it, it's it's just like if the, if the books won't let you uh, do something, it's because they don't have an advantage anymore. So that's why I was looking at this immediately, and it turns out, DraftKings will let you do this. So the reasoning mm-hmm. behind this is the total is so low at 42 that each point is at such a premium. If the total was 100 and it was a 14-point spread, it wouldn't matter at all. It'd be like, all right, this score is going to be – you know, I'm obviously using fake numbers here. It would be 80 to 25, let's say the score was. At that point, when you get to a certain point, the points don't really matter. So when there's going to be 42 points scored in total, 14 of them is around 33%-ish. Anytime you have a uh, spread uh, correlated with the total, you want to find 25% or more inside mm-hmm. the, the spread there. So the fact that it's 33% was uh, something that I really wanted to target. Um, so I did the math, and it turns out that's a plus 195 parlay. Now, honestly, I was as Dean was talking, I was like, maybe I should just downgrade this to a lean because we've seen this many times before, and it's very possible that the Cowboys don't score a touchdown or just get one touchdown, and they put up seven points. And I look like a clown, uh, which is a very big possibility anyway. But I figured that would be a cool nugget to drop on the show because correlated yep. mm-hmm. parlays and uh, correlated teasers, more correlated parlays, but they're, they're not really touched on on any shows because that's just a strict math play. If you do this long term, there's a reason why books don't allow it. Yeah. You know, like books, yep. books won't allow you to do it because it's not like, like if you go there and you play roulette, of course, they're going to let you play a million dollars a hand if you want. Oh, yeah. They don't care. Cause there's, there's like a 10% advantage for you, but you know, books, books don't want to let you do this. And that should tell you that you do want to do this. And yeah. uh, last point here um, from me, I think that we, and Dean made a great point about this, the Cowboys team total being uh, really, really cheap. Um, and that's why he took it. I think that the Steelers being undefeated and I think they're seven and one ATS. I think that makes them a little expensive. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Cowboys are zero and eight, if I'm not mistaken, ATS. Yeah. So I get a team that, and again, I'm not like, I'm not as in love with this game mm-hmm. as I was before kickoff of our show, but the fact that I can get an 0 and 8 ATS versus a 7 and 1 ATS, books love to shade the worst team because they want at the end of the year, every team to be 8 and 8 against the spread in a perfect world. Obviously that never happens like that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, eventually the public catches up and they say, wow, the Cowboys can't win a game and they can't cover. So the books start to shade a point or two. So that was my thinking behind it. I figured maybe I get a, uh, you know, I, I get a, a cheap correlation on right. top of that as well. No, that's very sound logic. Of course, um, you know, anytime you can bring mathematics into it, and it's a, uh, Joe, like you said, like a long-term kind of play. A lot of sports books don't allow it. I know even if you go up to the window in Las Vegas, they won't allow it. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where I'm going to trust my metrics and, and my eye test because I, I I watched the entire Cowboys game and they sucked. But it's one of those things that uh, the model makes it 18. I think that in order for the books to get even money, I think somewhere around 16 or 17, I think they might get some even money. I- I'd be curious to see how this line moves. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, we, I hope we both win. I hope this stays a low-scoring game, yeah. and uh, the Cowboys put up two points, and the Steelers <laughs> put up five points, Safety and then we all that. win. <laughs> two to ten. Yeah, that's what I want. I want just a silly little safety like last game for the Cowboys. And the, although, well, they got safety on. Yeah, but they anyway, did, they did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I would like to pass it to Mikey. He's been relatively quiet. Mikey, do you have a game? Do you have a game that we share? Do do something to tantalize me here yeah. in this moment. Oh, right he's now. into it. He looks ready. Oh, yes. I'm very fired up here. Um, the game that we both agree on would be Ravens uh, minus one and a half in Indy. I think we as a podcast all think that R- Philip Rivers is over the hill. Was he ever even on the hill? No. I don't even know if he ever started climbing it. He doesn't uh, have any power on his throw. He, he looks old. Like there's some quarterbacks like Brady that go out there and it's like he looks still almost as sharp as when he was in his prime. Philip Rivers is just over the hill. He can't really, uh, you know, throw anymore. And maybe it's his weird throwing motion that makes him look yeah. <laughs> look like he can't play. But, I mean, you're going up against the Ravens team where their biggest uh, threat might, might even be their defense uh, compared to years past where Lamar and their offense was running wild on people. Um, I don't know if the Colts have a good enough coaching staff like we saw with the Steelers um, or the Chiefs earlier in the year where they can, you know, have the right formula to shut down the Ravens' high-powered offense. Um, so I could just see Lamar kind of taking over, kind of showing people that he's, uh, you know, last year's MVP rather than playoff Lamar. And uh, I, I also think the Colts haven't really done anything to impress. I mean, Zach brought it up before the show. We were talking. And maybe he. Oh, I'll, I'll get right to that next, baby. <laughs> right. So I'll let you handle that part. But uh, yeah, like I said, one and a half. It's you know, it could even be a field goal game, even if you know Lamar doesn't look sharp. They were, you know, within a few points of the best team in football with the Steelers. And I think the Colts are a far cry from the Steelers. Zach, I'll, I'll jump in with one point before uh, you get in with yours, because I think you have this, and, and maybe someone, I don't even know. I think we all I, agree that this is a good play here. I but, have uh, this too, Joe, yeah. Oh, cool. All Whoa. right, so, so we'll have yeah. more We'll have more love. We have, a, we have a quadruple like. Is that what I'm hearing? That's pretty awesome. So yeah. my, my, my uh, biggest takeaway from last week, actually, was – I think we get overreactions from both sides. Ravens played, uh, you know, they played poor early. I think they had a red zone fumble. And like the first player, the second play of the game for them was a pick six. Um, obviously, you know, yeah. Lamar is still playing on the team. It's, it's not like, oh, it pick six and then they benched him. So therefore we don't have to worry about stuff like that. But I think that we get an overreaction that the Ravens are over the hill uh, because they played the Chiefs and the Steelers, two of the best teams in the league and played poor. And then when you look at last game, super miss, uh, last, last game for the Colts, Super misleading final. I think they put up 41 against the Lions. And you look at that fourth quarter, I think they had three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That game was relatively over. The Lions had like a 50-yard pass interference. Uh, and then I think um, Stafford threw a pick six as well. It was like a mm-hmm. 20-yard interception return. Like one of those, I think it's like his third this year, maybe his second. I, I actually think the Colts have the most pick sixes on defense in the NFL. So there you go. And, and this is actually a perfect segue, Zach, into uh, kind of their opponents. So if you'd like to take it away and then throw it over to John to just completely crush this game here. Wow. A quadruple like, everyone. <laughs> Get your pencils out. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, fun, so funny story. But looking at the lines, I was tricked by this one because I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? There's a reason why the books have this only at a point and a half, two points. It, it means that they're expecting people to hammer the Ravens, right? They're expecting people to say, oh, this is the Ravens, the Colts. Colts are a good team. They have a great defense. You know, this game's going to be closer than people think. And I thought that. I literally wrote down Colts on my personal ledger. I was getting ready to handicap it. And then I did the research. And this is what turned me right here. 
This Colts is the Colts are ranked right now as a top five defense in the NFL. Top five. Wow. Right? Listen to who they've played so far. The Jaguars, the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions. The Ravens, their two losses this year are to only the Pittsburgh, which are two of the best teams in the NFL, not the AFC, the NFL. Uh, they got the butts kicked by the Chiefs. But the Steelers were a couple of bad turnovers away from not only competing, but winning. The Colts are frauds. They are going Whoa. to be – yeah, they're frauds. <laughs> they are frauds, all right? They are going to be up against uh, something they have not seen yet, which is, one, and not just a competent offense, a dynamic offense, and two, a good defense, right? You could argue the best defense they've seen so far are the Bears. I don't even think that's a question. And in my opinion, the Ravens can are right on par with the Bears' defense, and the offense is – I don't even think it's a question that the Ravens offense uh, is probably 14 points better than any of the offenses that they faced uh, this year. And once I just saw the schedule, I just feel like the Colts are not prepared for this game. They're not prepared for the caliber team that they're about to face. And for me, I question this line. I don't see how it's one and a half. I think the Colts are just, uh, they're frauds. I think that they are, they're, I, think, I don't know what Vegas sees that I don't, um, but to me, it's just a total mismatch. Just looking at the opponents the Colts have, have played versus who the Ravens have played, who the Ravens have lost to versus the, who the Colts have lost to. Uh, it's just a weird mismatch, and I think that all of their stats offensively and defensively are heavily inflated by it. looking on paper. It has to be the easiest strength of schedule through eight weeks, and I don't even think it's close. Yeah, definitely. They've never seen the, the type of firepower that uh, the Ravens are bringing to town. Uh, it's one of those things where it's quadruple-like and there's five people on the podcast. Uh, I, I kind of passed it. I, I kind of completely passed it off. You know, I'm lower on Lamar than a lot of other people. I think that Colts defense, um, like you said, Zach, it's one of those things where they are su supremely overrated, but at the same time, I think that when a defense starts to start playing good against, it doesn't matter who they play. They can play against our high school. Um, I think that they get a lot of confidence and that makes them a little bit chippy. And I could see the Colts being, uh, what, what, what even is their record? Like five and two? Yeah, I believe so. Five so I, could, I could see them being like, we're home dogs and we are plenty good enough to hang with this team. So uh, my model makes it actually uh, Baltimore minus two. And uh, the fact that the books are doing the same exact thing makes me want to stay off. But no, great handicap. So uh, John, why don't you yeah. slam at home? I can't, can't really say much more than you guys have said. Uh, I like the Ravens minus one and a half as well. If you're just looking, you know, purely on the eye test, uh, I think that says all you really need to know. This is uh, an a two AFC squads that are really going to have to fight for a win. The Ravens just dropped a, a division game to a powerhouse AFC team, and it's going to cost them. I think it's obviously going to cost them the division, and it might cost them in the wild card race if they were to drop a game like this to the Colts, who again, eye test just says, hey, the Ravens are better. They're better equipped to, to, you know, this could be a preview of a wild card weekend, for example. You know, so uh, Ravens have to really pull it all together. So I'm going to put a half unit on that. And then on the flip side, I'm actually going to give a half unit to a different play. And this is probably going to come out of nowhere, but bear with me, guys. This is going to be fun. This is for plus 100 odds. I'm taking the Colts first half 
over 10 and a half points. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Well, for a number of reasons. I think that the Ravens, if they want to kind of wash away what happened last week against the Steelers, they're going to want to come out to a hot start. Pick six happening on the first drive of the game. No, 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 Lamar. Nobody. You can't let that happen. <laughs> They're touchdown drives, right? Uh, if the Colts do what they are game planning for, if Geppetto Frank Reich gets this team waking up for the Ravens, they're going to want to stifle the Ravens uh, in their run game, which by all defensive metrics, they should be able to do. What does this mean? If both teams get what they want, that means the Colts offense has the ball for more in the first half and they're able to put up points. Uh, and on the reverse side, if the Ravens do what they, what they want to do, uh, the Ravens are going to score high early, which means the Colts are going to have to play catch up and they're not going to take their time. The Colts, uh, another thing with the first half total, you go, okay, well, how good are their first halves? Only one game so far was against the Cleveland Browns. Did they score less than 10 and a half points? They were 17, 15, 17, 13, 10. And then in the past two weeks, 21 points and 20 point first halves. And notice too, that in three of those seven games, uh, those points were all scored in the second quarter. So again, stop the Ravens run the uh, run offense, get the ball back, go up early Colts. Uh, and that's, that's your best chance to win. You don't want to get into a shootout with Lamar Jackson, in the fourth quarter with your defense gassed. So um, I, I think that both teams win out here uh, mm. because you both want to see both offenses score. So 10 and a half was just so low to me. I understand I'm at risk of getting a hook. Uh, I tried to find it where it was around 10. I couldn't find it, unfortunately. 10 and a half was all that was on DraftKings. It then dropped down to um, – actually, no. I don't think they even offered alternate lines for this. This was it at plus 100. So I'll take the plus odds, and uh, I'll root for some offense in this game. Nice. Very interesting. I, I honestly love – I love the play. I love the double dipping. It's one of those things where if you have it, you know you have it. So yeah, that, that's, that's really cool. Fun. Yeah. Love the confidence from John. There are times that we get the game scripts completely right, and it, it feels really good. Um, here's one that I feel really good about. And I'm going to go – this is one that I kind of looked at it a couple times. Um, and for what it's worth, I know that you heard it in Zach's fat lock. But um, I originally had the Texans minus six and a half, but uh, it's very striking that – the Texans are the worst team in rushing efficiency and the Jaguars are the worst rushing defense. That means the Texans are bad at running the football. So I stayed off of that one. So I'm going with the alternate right here. I'm going Cardinals minus four. That's right. At home, one unit, the Dolphins, they've been fantastic this year. They play a lot of man coverage. They have great cornerbacks to do it. The Cardinals pass a lot. You would think, okay, you know, Cardinals are going to get stymied by Byron Jones and Xavier Howard and not be able to move the ball that well. Well, the Dolphins are dead last in the league and <laughs> stopping the run. And the Cardinals have a very dynamic running back in, in uh, Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray. They're both very good. I think that the, the Cardinals match up very good against them. The model makes this Arizona minus two and a half. So why, why do you think I'd be backing this um, a point and a half away? I think a lot of the Dolphins metrics come with Ryan Fitzpatrick in and also Miles Gaskin. Now, this is actually sneaky big. A lot of people look at this and they go, oh, yeah, it's just whatever the flavor of the month was. Miles Gaskin has played in 75% of the snaps this season. He's very good at pass protection. He's very good at catching the ball. He's very good at running the ball. Now that he's not here, Arizona's at home. How have they done? They're tied fifth in the league at home against the spread since 2019, playing in the desert after a bye week. 
getting a little bit of extra rest against a rookie quarterback who we all agreed didn't show us anything because he didn't really have to throw the ball. I think Tua has to throw the ball all the time in this game, and I really like my odds against that. I think that the Cardinals defense is for real. I think they're coming off a high a high spot at home beating the, the Seahawks, and now they're playing at home again, don't have to travel anywhere, playing Tua, who they could confuse with coverage with no running game. I think this is a layup. We're going Cardinals minus four for one unit. I do like this. Uh, if I may jump in, Dean, I like this especially because uh, the Cardinals run a ton of plays. Mm-hmm. So when they do run it, we, you talked about how efficient their, their offense can be when they run a ton of plays. They also, they also pass, which means the clock is usually stopped, which means Tua is going to have to throw more. And uh, I'd, I'd love to just kind of pull on that thread a little bit because I don't know, uh, you know, what he can do. I mean, it's, he's, he's 31st in my QB power rankings for a reason. And I know John has him pretty low as well. And he really can't move. He can't move up or down because we don't know what to expect. So I, I appreciate that, uh, that sentiment there. Yeah. I, I don't think I agree with you, Joe. I don't, it's, it's just that Tua wasn't asked to do much. Yes. But for all the people who I guess are still, uh, you know, college football fans still thinking it's Saturday out there, it's a whole different game. You know, we well, let, let's take what the Cardinals are doing and doing well. Right. They're very they've been very impressive. Rattle off Seattle's only defeat so far this year. And let's say this translates to the Dolphins who aren't going to get the punt returns and the uh, fumble, what was it? Pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Let's back the sure thing. That's that's what I like to see, at least in, in this scenario with these matchups. Yeah, no doubt. And last point here, uh, by week 14, we could all agree that Tua is fantastic for all we know, you know, just in the spot here. That's why we kind of like playing little situational advantages here. Mm -hmm. You know, we can love something one, we can hate it the next. So yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed all around. So what do we have left, John? You you got another pick, right? I, so what's funny is the way I structured it, I actually used all three of my units because I took Ravens minus one and a half was a last minute addition because it, it just was too good to be true. So what's great is my last play is perfect for the dog pound. And I think Dean and I share a like there. So I'm good now. So So, Zach, what do you got? I would say I I have one play and it is in my big bank, but it is a dog pound. And uh, God, this scares me, but I'm going to do it. It always scares me, but I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Giants money line plus 120 for one (laughs) unit at Washington. (laughs) <laughs> look at look at dean's face so you, you guys can't see it dean just put his hands to his head like no what are you doing yeah. so um, we're going for the giants for the sweep on the season i'm going for the sweep uh daniel jones has only defeated two professional franchises uh, as a professional quarterback uh washington football team and the tampa bay bucks uh so as you can see apparently he balls out against those two teams only and not even ball out uh, last week was obviously a team effort. Uh, I think anybody who watched that game could tell that it was literally Daniel Jones' game to lose, and that he did with two back-breaking turnovers, uh, which is a damn shame because the coaching in that game was just utterly fantastic. Uh, Jason Garrett, hats off your best performance as a Giant so far. Creative play calling, up-tempo offense. I, I even texted John and Dean. I said that uh, it was very reminiscent of like uh, the Patriots offense where Daniel Jones was getting the ball out of his hand in two seconds. First down passes for the Giants. How often do you ever see that? And they were doing it consistently. Um, I just think the Giants are the scariest one in seven team in the league. I really do. Their last five games, they've actually lost by less than uh, less than three points every contest. Uh 
even though Washington is coming off of a bye, I think that the defense is going to step up again. Dare I say Daniel Jones has finally done enough to learn to throw the ball away, right? Like, basically the Giants, maybe, all right, fair enough. (laughs) John looks so concerned. He's like, yeah, come on, man. I think the Giants should have a giant, no pun intended, giant boost of confidence after going head-to-head with the NFC favorite Bucks last week. Uh, it looks like they figured out how to be get production out of their offensive line. Seems that up-tempo offense, the first time we've seen it all year long, uh, really worked wonders. And, and not to mention, guys, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton had three times the ball was overthrown to him. That would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a ball beat deep for touchdown. Uh, could have been a touchdown. Was not. It's these little things that they just have to correct and they hit on. Yeah, they they honestly probably could have beat Tampa Bay by ten points, which is and, and unbelievable. Evident, and evidently, Golden Tate was open on every play. The way yeah, he's and, and according to according so. to Golden Tate, according to Golden Tate's wife, he's the second coming of Calvin Johnson. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but with that being said, uh, I think that once again, the Giants' sneaky good defense, offense kind of put things together. I think this week, uh, their their hard work from the last few weeks finally gets all put together. And, and they turn out with a, a very good performance in Washington. I don't – if they lose this game, it will be due to the mistakes of Daniel Jones and, and a very, very good defensive outing by the Washington football team who almost slipped. There um, you go. He almost said the R word. I don't – I almost said the you, R word. You know what's funny? Every time that we say the R word, I mark it as explicit. It, it, I, and that's <laughs> literally on me. It has nothing to do with us saying that divisional games are fucky. I won't mark it explicit for that. <laughs> but if we say the R word, I believe I actually said the M word the other day. M. M, not N. Yeah, that's M. <laughs> no, yes. I never that. But I said the M word, and M. Zach informed me that it was very offensive. So I'm so sorry <laughs> if you are a little well, person and you're listening to this. Well, Zach, so. Zach, Zach dropped motherfucker earlier, and I just did it now. So now that's two. And I, I believe I told someone to uh, S my D. We, uh, that too. We, I, I, I mean, I have coworkers that listen to this, so, uh, you know. <laughs> get on those reports anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, so great stuff there. Uh, Zach, it's one of those things where I watched the whole Giants game last week. I think they are one step away. And funny enough, in my rankings, um, a lot of it's eye tests on me and a lot of it is also um, metrics. And funny enough, the Giants are team 19 in my power rankings and the Reds. Oh, 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 oh. God <laughs> damn it. So anyway, watching, that, that was... That was purely that was purely on accident. No, that's crap. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I've had a few, but um what you call it? Uh, I have the, the Washington football team as team number 20. So I the model actually makes this game uh Washington minus one and a half. So uh the Giants, good play, definitely co-sign it. Uh it's not in my big bank, but it is in the Slack channel at three and a half. There were some really good lines earlier in the week. So uh just some more value that you guys missed out on that you you're going to want to get on board with and of course just dm us and we will add you yeah but guys i'll I'll, uh, I'll just add real quick just being the also resident giants fan that the giants i think just on paper it's gonna sound crazy they have a better roster than washington and uh it, as fans we watch these games every week for better or worse and we can tell you guys i know a lot of non-giants fans probably are not watching this you saw monday night of course you saw the primetime games and last week against philly this is a team that fights every down, every quarter. 
that's we hope that that's not going to run out if they keep losing eventually teams you know they're human beings eventually you, you read the writing on the wall you start giving up on the season but but for god joe judge in his first year has this team playing hard every week i think the giants are just like you said dean i test better team than than washington is what i'm curious about and this, Zach, you can remind me too. I can't remember the last time the Giants have had division games so close to each other with the same team. Usually the Giants will play maybe the first six weeks, they'll get through all three. And then the Giants typically play those teams again, like between weeks 14 and 17. So it's almost a big gap in the middle there. This is almost in a strange way, like a halftime adjustment, uh, adjustment for Washington. So and I'm curious what they do now differently in the game. Also, not to mention uh... – we all watched the game Monday night. That was not the giant offense they've been running the last no. seven weeks. Yeah, Garrett really balled out. So yeah. if you're Washington on a bye week preparing for the Giants, you're watching weeks one through six. Uh, then on Monday you get slapped in the face with that, and you're like, oh, are they going to go all up-tempo on us, throwing the ball yeah. on first down, uh, having an effective run game, which I think is an anomaly. I don't see that happening again this week. Um, all yeah, more to go. Alfred Morris, yeah. How about the surprise of Alfred Morris playing? But, uh, Dean, let's hear your last big bank pick. Yeah, so uh, just really quick, it'd be really uh, – to wrap up on the Giants, it'd be really nice to see Jason Garrett design some runs for Daniel Jones. I think that he's sneaky athletic, and uh, they don't really utilize that unless the play is broken, which I would really love to see some uh, called run plays. But for my final play, I have some co-signing. Uh, let's throw to Chris, who, of course, is in our channel. He's uh, very sharp, probably the sharpest guy I know. Um, besides everyone on this podcast and he, you know he is a member of the winning group so uh, let's throw it to Chris really quick what's up guys it's Chris here at NFL capper guy on Twitter and a part of the winning ticket podcast I'm here to give you not one but two best bets today um, I, I told Dean I couldn't pick just one I like a couple of these a lot so I'm going to give you two the first one uh, we're going to we're going to Atlanta but we're going with the Denver Broncos Plus four. There's some plus four and a halfs out there still too. Uh, really a big surprise to me. I'm, I can't believe this one's been above three all week. Came down to three and a half a little. Now it's back a bit. But looking at my numbers, I I make this game about two and a half. Uh, I've got Atlanta one point two five points better than the Broncos. It, you want to give them, you know, a half a point, point seven five for home field. It's not worth much this year. Um, maybe another half point for the extra rest. They're coming off Thursday night. I can get to two and a half, but I can't get to three. So really like taking the four points there. Each team has a couple of injuries going on. Um, let's see. AJ Bouye, Shelby Harris for Denver. Those are pretty significant. But then you look at the Falcons, Calvin Ridley. I mean, that kind of cancels out Bouye. You've also got Fowler and McKinley on the, their defensive line. So uh, some pretty similar injuries and nothing, nothing huge there. Really like the four points. My second pick is going to be Carolina plus ten and a half at the Chiefs. Um, this is one. Let's see. I make this. I would make this game. I've got them nine points separated. I would make it nine and a half, maybe ten, maybe like you know an expensive ten for Kansas City at home. But at plus ten and a half, minus one ten. Uh, there was even an eleven out there earlier. You might you might see it get there, but I I just can't see it it being above ten here. Um, Carolina, they're still a solid team. They're getting healthier from the last time we saw them against Atlanta. They're gonna have a couple of their corners back. 
they're going to have they're getting Zach Kerr back on the defensive line as well. Uh, pretty healthy team there in Carolina. Chiefs, on the other hand, looks like they're still going to be without Mitch Schwartz on the line. So Brian Burns might have a big day. Also, Chris Jones on their D-line. I mean, probably their best defensive player. He's now on the COVID list, so likely to be out for that game. Um, I, I'd be surprised if this doesn't come down to 10 pretty soon here. I got to thinking about it. Like, is, this could come lower than 10. I don't think books will do that. They probably want the teaser protection. They don't want people to be able to, uh, you know, the public's going to want to tease it from like nine and a half to two and a half. But I definitely think it'll come down to 10. I, I just got to think if it stays north of there, Sharps are going to be pounding it. So uh, that's my second best bet. Carolina plus 10 and a half in Kansas City. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. I am going to split my units. Of course, I am six and two in the dog pound. So I have to have a money line underdog in it, my entire big bank all the time. I have the Broncos plus 170 at a quarter unit. I have the Broncos plus four at a quarter unit. Um, it's the biggest model mismatch on the board, uh, mainly because I love Drew Locke. Uh, I, I think he's amazing. Last week, actually, I hit a huge parlay because I money-lined the Broncos when they were down by, what was that, 16 or so? But anyway, Drew Locke's the truth. The Falcons suck. The Falcons have a lot of disgruntled players, actually, on Twitter. Um, t- uh, what's his name? Tack McKinley. He was actually actively tweeting at the Falcons uh, Twitter page saying, why didn't you trade me? You guys could have had a second round pick for me. And the the responses to that was hilarious. People were like, we could have had a second round pick for you. And it was like, they're like, man, you suck. It, it, was, it was really funny. But anyway, I think the Falcons have completely given up. They're ready for next year. I think the ownership is ready to move on from this regime, which means that Julio Jones I mean, I know he's locked up there, so he'll probably stay. But Matt Ryan, uh, his days are numbered in Atlanta. Also, with the firing of Tom Dimitrov and uh, Dan Quinn, it is now Raheem Mur- Morris's team. I think that they are uh, very bad. I can't imagine what an interim coach is doing during a bye week, but it's certainly not, uh, or rather not a bye week, but extra time off after playing on Thursday night. So I can't imagine that he's extra prepared for the Broncos. The Broncos coming off a really good win. I think it's one of those things looking at their schedule, they could probably string together two or three more wins. That'll be big for my over on the regular season win total. And um, you know, that's not really affecting this. I, I, you know, you just listened to Chris say it better than I did, but I think with Calvin Ridley dealing with a foot injury, uh, the Falcons are a little bit looking around to each other and maybe making some business decisions while the Broncos are, uh, really playing hard and trying to be relevant in the AFC. So this is the biggest model mismatch that I have. I got the Broncos plus 170 for a quarter and plus four for another quarter of a unit. Nice. I got a quick question, Dean. If Drew Locke doesn't come and win the game at the end of the Chargers last week, what is your opinion of him right now? Oh, Let's the say they lose. Absolutely the same. Uh, it's one okay. of those things where – I really look at quarterbacks if they don't throw passes or uh, it's kind of similar. I I don't want to bring up Daniel Jones and drag him for this, but it's one of those things that I could see when a player is playing with confidence and I could see when a player is playing in fear. And unfortunately some players play in fear where they, they maybe hold the ball a little bit extra when they don't see an open man. I know that the Monday night football game had a lot of those where it was Daniel Jones saw a guy open, but he was too scared. He didn't want to throw it. I know that Joe has used that in his, handicaps in the past with Carson Wentz, oh, maybe yeah. seeing some ghosts in the pocket, uh, a la <laughs> Sam Darnold. So I love Drew Locke mainly because he doesn't see that. And maybe it's a little bit of reckless abandon. He turns the ball over a lot, but it's one of those things that you just saw 
um, that he could lead them back to a win. Actually, it's funny. I have the Broncos over seven and a half, and I actually attribute one of their wins, which was last week, solely on Drew Locke, and I attribute two of their losses solely on Drew Locke. Um, it's one of those things where it, it's kind of like J.R. Smith in the NBA. Uh, shooter's going to shoot. You know, I, I think that I, I do like Drew Locke, and cool. last week's win has zero bearing on this. And awesome. same with the Falcons. I didn't adjust the Falcons at all yeah. after beating Carolina on a short week. Cool. All right. Gentlemen, I think I have uh, – I'm, I'm kind of torn with my dog pound. I have – I want to make a splash because that's the kind of guy I am. I want to be reckless, right? So I liked the Panthers plus 10.5, just straight up money line like in the dog pound situation, but I don't want to also be ridiculous and throw my dog pound money away. So uh, I kind of like Saints as well. Uh, they Yo. are currently plus four and a half, and we know that they're the better team in that game. Obviously, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to toss it over to Mikey, and he's going to make the decision for me. Mikey? <laughs> awesome. Uh, this all hinges on one thing. Did Michael Thomas get his act together in the past week, yeah. or is he going to be out again? So I heard that Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Marquez Callaway all practiced on Wednesday. I'm not right, sure. That's good that. news. That's really, really good news. So it's, it's hard to dislike. You know, it's hard to try to go. Even though the Panthers are getting McCaffrey back, it's hard to go there instead of uh, Saints. Yeah, McCaffrey. McCaffrey doesn't move the needle for me to beat the Chiefs just because they're a well-oiled machine. But I, yeah. I do like if as long as. Uh, even if Sanders and Callaway are out, as long as Michael Thomas is back, he's a massive part of the offense that they've been missing for the past seven weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, so I like, I, I will co-sign that pick. All right, cool. Well, that makes you know, sense. coming back. Antonio Brown, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Antonio Brown, the guy who's worth zero points in the gambling world versus Michael Thomas. The guy who's <laughs> worth two. So, I don't, I'm not scared of Antonio Brown. He's a stinky poo poo head. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I mean, Michael Thomas coming back, it not only raises the uh, – this. It, well, I shouldn't say raises. It'll lower Saints plus four and a half to the Saints plus two and a half. I mean, he, he changes the whole dynamic of their offense. He makes everyone else better. And I don't want to keep going on this because you already mentioned this in your, in your teaser, Zach, but I think that's going to be the Hoffman Boys official dog pound. Woof, woof. Nice. I, 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 uh, I just want to state that – this game is massive for our steak dinner bet. This yeah, is yeah, going really. to determine oh, yeah. the division. Oh yeah, this is it. Like this, this is probably going to determine the division right here. So I cannot wait to watch this game. I feel like this is a uh, yeah. the best Sunday night game we're going to have all year. This yeah. is our Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Jono, who you got? We're we're dog pound now, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Just making sure. I don't. Th- I don't know if we. Tra- I can't remember if we transitioned, but that's all right. Oh, we we trans. Uh, welcome, to, welcome to the Winning Ticket Podcast, John. What is your dog pound? Awesome. Okay, so the Dallas Cowboys. No, I'm kidding. Uh- oh wow. <laughs> Amazing. No, so a so little little time capsule here. Uh, one of my favorite Winning Ticket podcasts. Uh, of course, we're gonna have an introspective hundredth uh, episode. But one of my favorite moments ever on the show was when Zach was screaming and yelling about how the the Dolphins were tanking and the Jets were going to win uh, last last year in Miami. And then uh, John quietly, very meekly on the dog pound goes, I like the Dolphins that went out right. Amazing, <laughs> amazing stuff. But John, uh, kill me softly. What do you got this yeah, week? This is not I, – I, it's the one <laughs> – I've been thinking about the Cowboys, and I, but this is not my pick, but it just was funny to think – what Jerry Jones was doing in the box, like during that entire game, was just 
Jerry Jones is sitting there just like, oh, that's Super Mario brother. Did you <laughs> play again in this town? Like, just like completely seething. No, you can never choose the cow. This is not the week to do it. It is, however, the week to choose my favorite Chris Berman uh, ad of the Raiders. And why do I like the Raiders here against the Chargers? Well, Chargers going to charge. Chargers have become real depressing to watch in games <laughs> this year. And funny enough, the Raiders are only favored by one. Um, I'm sorry, not not favored. They're getting a point. I think that um, this is in what is probably the laziest handicap I will ever give. The Raiders have a better division record than the Chargers right now. The Raiders are one and zero. The Chargers are zero and two. In all honesty, though, what this really means is this: uh, Bruden, I think, understands after now being a couple years. You, you could you have to agree this is a different Raiders team than when Gruden first came. Yeah, their draft picks have been have been a little odd. Um, I think the the jury's still out on Derek Carr as quarterback, but this is a good team. I think they have what four or five wins, so um, I think they're four and three. So I don't think this is a great team, but I think this is a team that against a, a team like the Chargers, which finds ways to lose consistently in a division game, they can pull out a win here. And uh, it's a lot of eye test. It's a lot of hot hand. I love Justin Herbert. Believe you me. Uh, but I think last week with Gruden really grinding out a big win in Cleveland. Let's face it, mm. Cleveland has five wins. Um, they're they're not a pushover like they once were, and that might have been a game that the Raiders of old would drop. But in yeah. a bad weather game where the ball, like I, there was one pass by Derek Carr that like like literally like did a spiral like in the opposite <laughs> direction, like it was so yeah. windy. I think that Gruden has now created some sort of identity for this team, even with beating the Chiefs, saying, "Listen." We're, maybe we're not the most talented, but we're, we're gritty and, and we're going to give you a fight. And I don't think the Chargers, I hate to say it, as much as I love Anthony Lynn too, the Chargers are not that gritty team. And in, in the division game, you would hope that they would get their best. But I thought I saw that last week against the Broncos and they fell apart at the end. So I don't even think that it'll get to a point where they're going to fall apart. I think the Raiders could just win this one outright and it could be over pretty early. Yeah. Uh, Probably John because I, I'm no, sorry, I – Oh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll just. <laughs> no, you know what? We we finish each other's. You know what? Anyway, um, you know, John, the the reason why I wanted to step all over my my good friend in uh in Zach is that I also co-sign. I have the Vegas Raiders as my dog pound. Um, the best line I could get right now is about mi- minus one hundred five. I believe the charges are around uh minus one twenty. So technically, even though they're both minus odds, I think the books just don't know what to do. Um. Also, once again, to plug the channel, uh, Raiders plus 105 is in the channel already. I said I wanted to lock in the plus odds, which I had done already. Uh, it's one of those things that the model and I disagree. The model makes this uh, Vegas minus two and a half. So they should be favored on the road even, uh, mainly because the Chargers really don't have a home field advantage. Um, I Yeah, John, you honestly said it all perfectly. I think it's one of those things where I would take a team that could steady, run, pound the ball, and play a little bit of defense over a rookie quarterback who has to make a lot of big-time throws. The Chargers don't have a rushing game really so much, so it's been hurting them, and I really do see that. If they had a reliable running back, I think they're missing Austin Eckler a lot more than the books, oh, and, yes. and the public are really uh, treating. I think that they need that gadget guy to come back. I think the Raiders really are just going to pound them into submission with Josh Jacobs. I like the Raiders to win outright. Don't care how. It could be by 100. It could be by one. I don't care. Yep. Well, that that was much much more informative than what I was going to say. Because what I was going to say 
<laughs> is that the Chargers, I think, are like the inverse of the Giants, where they run up the score early and their defense just absolutely fucking kills them, where the Giants <laughs> hang in there tight with their defense and their offense absolutely kills them. They both love blowing games in the fourth quarter and absolutely destroying their fan base. So, uh, yeah, I actually like that game a lot as well, but I'm not going to be the third person to hop on the Raiders. I am taking the Detroit Lions at plus 190 going to Minnesota. Mm. Uh, Right now, Matt Stafford is in COVID protocol. He tested negative today. He's got to test negative one more time to him playing. Uh, I think the Vikings completely overperformed last week in a bad weather game. They still have a ton of injuries on defense. Uh, am I correct there, uh, Mr. Viking? Yes. Um, two starting corners, I believe. Correct. Um, I think this is game is going to be a shootout. I see it more of a flip of the coin. Anytime it's 50-50, give me the plus odds. I'm taking the Lions at plus 190. All right. Not bad. Uh, and that's something, too, that I know a lot of people rush to their sportsbooks to place uh, bets on Vikings once uh, Stafford tested positive. But it's one of those things where – or rather, did not test positive. He was in yes. protocol. Yes. He was in uh, close contact. And it's one of those things that at that point I threw up my hands. Like, I, I don't think that he's, I, I don't want to give you a double negative. I think that he's going to play. I'd be surprised if he didn't play. Um, mainly they could, ju- they could just do the Nick Saban round, just test him every single day until he tests negative twice. But yeah, I definitely think that Matt Stafford is going to play. I think the Vikings defense is reeling and they've actually sneaky been bad at home this year. So uh, that's a really good play. Awesome. All right, gents. Is that another up? week of wonderful handicaps in the book. Great show tonight, boys. Great. It's I like it when we have the fivesome here. And uh, yeah. we're giving you guys – I'm going to change the name from Winning Ticket Podcast. We're having fun. It's minus 1,000 to Winning Ticket Podcast. We're not just the graphic. Uh, we do- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do talk to each other for an hour and a half every week, so – Right, right. With with the pod, with with the Slack channel plays. Now Joe and I again, we're doing. Look for the teal for our quarterback rankings. Hope you guys like that. Color. It, baby. Identify when, you're, when you're scrolling, it catches the eye. Um, but but we're again so much more than what we put out on social media. And and hey, if you're on the uh, inverse side, if you're just listening to the podcast and then after you know hour and a half, you're done with us. Hey, follow us on social media. We have some stuff there. And again, get yourselves to that Slack channel. Uh, how many more times we got to ask? Just go do it. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. First month free. Yeah, nearly sixty percent on the season. Um, I believe about well, definitely above sixty for last year because we kind of started the Slack channel in January, so we're almost uh, on our year anniversary, and we were just posting playoff stuff, and uh, we were very good during that. So uh, yeah, you de- you're definitely gonna want to check that out. Um, we cover a lot of sports too. Today I was sweating out some Tony Finau uh, scores. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's for PGA. And of course, the Masters coming up next week, as well as college game day from Augusta, Georgia, which is going to be very cool. That's going to be real cool. But until then, guys, you'll see us here uh, for week 10 next week of the NFL season with more winning tickets and bets. Until then, let's watch the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 29ers. It looks like by, by tonight's count, uh, play some Thursday night football. We'll see you next week. <laughs>